keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. I'm Grace Duffy, and this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's new in the world of social media. Today's show is brought to you by Restream, which allows you to go live to over 30 online destinations. We ourselves, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Amazon Live today, and you can do the same. So to find out more, go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream. We'll talk more about it later in the show. And by the way, today we are joined by my friend and Instagram expert, Jen Herman. And we're going to be talking all about Instagram marketing strategies for small businesses. We're going to explore why Instagram competitors have nothing on Instagram. We're going to talk about making Instagram worth the investment of your time, money, and energy and of course, the latest updates coming to Instagram. And we mentioned it Restream, which is a great thing, but it also works hand in hand with our friends over at, um, at where am I? Oh, yeah, um, Ecamm. Ecamm. Sorry, my, my, <laughs> my mind is blown. I had internet outages and my brain is still out as well. So um, we're all good. So we'd love for you guys to check out Ecamm. I want to talk about them later. They have a great Leap Into Live conference coming up, but you can find out more about that at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And um, by the way, I want to introduce uh, Jen to you. If you don't know who Jen Herman is, she is amazing. She is a social media consultant. She's a speaker, a globally recognized Instagram expert. She is the forefront blogger on Instagram marketing, and her blog, Jen's Trends, has won the title of top 10 social media blog multiple years. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, that's Jen with two N's, so Jen's with two N's, trends.com, so you want to check her out. And she's the co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we are streaming to Amazon Live. Well, her books are right down there below, so make sure you guys check those out. Uh, They're very affordable, but they're chock full of amazing stuff on Instagram and Instagram for small business. So through her blog and her consulting and speaking, Jen provides tips and resources and training for small to medium-sized businesses that need structure to their social media strategies, and she's here to help you today. So make sure you ask your questions. Jen, welcome to the show. Yay! Thanks for having me on the show. I missed your faces. It's good uh, to see you. I know it is. It's, <laughs> it's all virtual. It'll probably be we'll shock everybody when we go. And see right? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So, Grace, you saw you had some uh, some things for Jen. I saw that you put in the show notes. So break those down for us. Absolutely. So, Jen, I know you went back on the live stage recently, which is so super exciting for <laughs> anyone who does uh, does speaking, and you do it so well. Like, I just you. if you've ever seen Jen speak in person, you you can tell you can attest. And if you haven't, please, as soon as you can, absolutely do. But you gave this talk. I was so intrigued by it. It was last month, and it was titled "Who Can Take Down Instagram in 2021?" And I was intrigued because we've heard so much about all these little competitors big and small, not just little, nipping at the little Instagram ankles there, right? Yeah. And so please tell us why, why in this age of everyone rolling out their version of photos, videos, short videos, all that, why Instagram is still worth it, investment of our time and creativity, particularly if you run a small business and you don't have that much time or investment. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? So, and, and there are a lot of reasons, you know, some of the competitors that I look at when we, when I do that presentation, um, we looked at Clubhouse, we looked at TikTok, we look at all these other, com- you know, kind of like I said, competitors, big and small, new, and, and those even that have been there for a while, things like, you know, Facebook, YouTube, those sorts of things. And all platforms are great. I don't mean to say that one platform is exponentially better or anything else, but that being said, none of those are a direct threat to Instagram as it currently stands. Now, that being said, TikTok is hands down the biggest threat. Mm. Instagram has admitted it, right? They, they know that TikTok is encroaching on their audience. Instagram was where the young people went, right? They had that market. But now TikTok is taking that demographic. So, of course, there's a threat. But that being said... The number one reason why none of these are competitors to Instagram is because Instagram has the money spenders. So when you look at the demographics of who is using these platforms, Instagram has the demographic of about the 25 to 45 range. They're the ones with the money, right? (laughs) Right? right. They're the ones spending. They're the ones that are starting their careers, establishing their careers, starting families, moving, buying houses, buying cars. When you, you know, get to the the Facebook older generation, not that I'm like, hey, I'm on Facebook all the time. I'm putting myself in that category. But when you start to look at that older demographic on Facebook, you start moving into those who are into the retirement age, moving into the fixed incomes. They are no longer that you know, heavy income spenders that we're seeing with that kind of late millennial age range. And the late millennials are on Instagram. So if you're going after the buying power as a small business, probably a smart idea, then Instagram really is the place to be because that is their core target audience. Mm. Very, very cool. So we have some, uh, so once again, Sabrina says, hello, it's me, Sabrina. Hello, Sabrina. It's us. Uh, we are here. Hello, thank, you for, thank you for stopping by. She is a faithful viewer of the show. But we also have Corey Walker saying after you said that, give me the money. Give me the money, says Corey Walker. Yes. And Corey is my co-author on right. all the dummies books. So, yes. yeah, exactly. Give me that money. <laughs> so, you know, last uh, last week, I think it was, that Entrepreneur, they published an article called Six Instagram Marketing Strategies for Small Businesses. And, you know, the article's pretty basic. Use hashtags, <laughs> be interesting. You know, it's obviously geared to someone who's just getting started with this Instagram marketing. But you're the expert on Instagram, and you've helped these small businesses achieve their goals with Instagram. So what is your advice for how to approach Instagram in 2021? Because a lot of those basic articles are just basic. And I kind of feel like, small businesses have a little different kind of strategy they need to use than just somebody who's wanting to be an influencer. Absolutely. And and I think that is the key, right? You need to know where you're going. And, you know, I don't know how many times people reach out to me like, I want 10,000 followers. And I'm like, okay, how many clients can you serve? How much product do you have on your shelves? How many clients can you take on? And they're like, well, I could take on 10 clients. Well, then why do you, why would you need 10,000 followers? Right. I mean, you literally could not convert those into customers, even if you wanted to, you don't have the bandwidth. So it's not about focusing on the number. It's, it's more about making sure you have the right audience on Instagram or any social media, but on Instagram that you can actually work towards those conversions. So if you can serve a hundred people, then having an audience of 500 or a thousand is perfectly normal and acceptable because that allows you to still broaden your audience, potentially reach more people, 
but be able to serve them. It doesn't put you out in some sort of exponential, you know, growth trajectory that you could never manage. And it allows you to keep the people that are following you on Instagram interested and ready to buy. If you have 2000 followers and 1900 of them have no interest in ever purchasing what it is you're selling, why do you care if they're there? They're, they're never going to give you the money. And that's one of the things that is different from like the celebrity, the influencers, the big brands, right? They want the numbers. They, they want that notoriety. They want that audience, but they're not selling in the same way that a small business is selling. And so it's really important to focus on what your goals are. Are you looking to increase your revenue? Are you looking to get more brand awareness? Are you kind of new on the block and you would just want people to know about you? Uh, are you doing, you know, B2B? Are you doing B2C? What are your outcomes and your goals? And then you can start to build your Instagram strategy around that. So things, obviously, yes, you want to use things like hashtags and location tags, because those help you get found in search. And obviously we want people to find you, but more importantly, we want to make sure that you are creating your content to speak to that target audience. So if your target audience is a female 35 years old, you want to write your captions. You want to create your stories. You want to create this content in line with a 35 year old woman, not a 60 year old man, right? We need to make sure that your content is aligned. And if you as the brand can't figure out that, that individual, you know, kind of tone voice, work with your team, work with, you know, a branding expert, bring somebody in so you can really figure out how to communicate that. I had a client I just recently worked with and some of their content is super fun and quirky. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like the best, like interactive, mm -hmm. relatable, fun content. And then their next post looked like it read right out of a scientific journal, like <laughs> literally very long sentences, very technical. And I'm like, okay, this is good. That is your target audience, but they're not meshing, right? So it's really important that as a small business, you define that brand first then all your content just chugs along. And that is how you then connect that audience. You bring people in. They feel like they're a part of that family when you're creating that content. And that's how you start to build the audience. So I have a follow-up question to that. So how many yeah. times do you think when you've talked to a, a small business that they say, you know, when you say, okay, who's your target audience? They go, well, we just want to sell to everybody. <laughs> you know, we just want to sell our stuff. You know, who, we don't care who, who does it. Are you finding a lot of people that you talk to actually haven't gone to that first step of creating what we call the, in marketing lingo, the avatar or, you know, that kind of thing is, do you find a lot of, a lot of businesses don't have that? For small businesses, yes. I think that for a lot of small businesses, they're more, like you said, they're more interested in getting the sales mm -hmm. and whoever buys it, you know, wh wherever they live, whatever their age, whatever their career, whatever they're anything, they're like, just buy the product. And that's because, you know, when you're a startup or you're trying to get off the ground or, or you're trying to grow to that next level in your business, you really are focused on sales. That becomes the bottom line metric that we're using. And so I know a lot of brands struggle with that. And even then, uh, more so, though, I think when I talk to a lot of people, they're like, OK, well, my my target audience is, you know, a 40 year old woman. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Where? Right. Well, how much money does she make? What right. does she do for hobbies? Right. What, does she have kids? Is she married? Is she divorced? Is she renting? Is she owning? Like, there's so much more that goes into that that kind of avatar, and you know that's where I think people need to really hone in. It's it's one thing to just pick a gender and age demographic, but that's not enough because you know if you're a brand that sells a 
a relatively, let's call it affordable product, and you do a lot with like, you know, promos and sales and, and that sort of thing, you're not going after the person who makes $200,000 a year and drives a Bentley, mm-hmm. right? Like you're right. going after the person, well, if you're, driving, if you're making $200,000, you're probably not driving a Bentley either, but you know what I mean. Right. But if <laughs> the car costs your entire year's out. Right. Right. But if you have that affordable product and you're you're marketing to people who are, you know, the the sales shoppers, then you're going after people with a certain demographic, a certain income. They probably live in certain areas. If you have a product that sells for $3,000 and you don't offer promos and you don't offer sales and there's there's none of that incentive, you're not going after the person who's working an $18 an hour job just, you know, scrimping to get by. And those are super important to, to differentiate across all your marketing. Mm-hmm. but especially on Instagram because your Instagram content, your visuals are how you communicate to that audience. And if you're posting photos of yachts and expensive cars <laughs> and luxury vacations, but right. you're targeting somebody who makes $22 an hour, right? probably not going to relate. <laughs> so I, I actually did a, a, a worked on a campaign once and it was for a ministry and they had a picture of one of, the, one of the guys like flying in a private jet. And it was a gift that somebody had given him and it wasn't like what he did, but it gave the entire wrong tone yeah. when you're trying mm-hmm. to raise money for something. And I'm like, you can't, you gotta take that down because it looks yeah. bad. And so I think it's, you know, having what you were just saying is like understanding your audience, understanding the way it's perceived, all that kind of stuff. Um, Gary asked this great question, or he makes this great point. He says, John Capos of the Chocolate Johnny does a great job of representing his small business, showing how he makes chocolates. And I know that follows right into what you're going to talk about, Grace, next, that, you know, maybe some examples. That was a great one. Thanks, Gary. Yes, thank you, Gary. Well, Jen, you gave us some really good tips. I was all like, check mark, check mark, check mark, (laughs) going through my list of things you need to do, right? But can you give us examples of small businesses that are doing Instagram right and what strategy is fueling their success in the social feeds? Yeah, so Chocolate Johnny is a great example. I love Johnny. He is a a dear, wonderful human being. They're based in Australia. They are a chocolate factory. And he is known globally. Like people travel to Australia and go, I have to go to Chocolate Johnny shop. Like that's how global he has made this brand for a singular little shop in Australia. So he's a great example, a lot of behind the scenes. He does a lot with like reels and stories and TikTok and all these, you know, kind of more new age aspects of creating content to really connect with various audiences. So he's a great example. Absolutely. One of my favorites on Instagram is the love bomb co. So it's at the love bomb co and she creates, I'm actually not using her mug. I had it yesterday. Um, but mostly like mugs and glassware and things, but they have, you know, quotes on them, um, which her, I think the mantra is a touch of positivity with a touch of profanity. And which is like, so me, right? Like, this is like, I am her target audience, hands down. But she only has like, I don't know, five or six products, but she has an endless supply of content because she relies on UGC, user generated content. So her audience takes pictures of them in their world using her product and either tags her or submits them to her. And that's what she puts up on on Instagram. So she doesn't have to go and spend money on photo shoots and all these things. And all of the content is hyper targeted to her audience because her audience is pretty much me, (laughs) probably 35 to 45 year old women with kids. Right. So you get the photos of, you know, people with their kids and it's like momming so hard is the quote on the mug. Like, 
all these things, but it is so well organized for being a user generated content account. It's so good for selling her products. And it's, it's a very good example of how to do something well without doing a lot. And she's actually a nurse. So oh. she, during COVID was like, guys, I'm out. Like, I can't, I, I gotta go work. I have to go take care of human beings. So her account's been kind of dormant for the last year, understandably, but this was her, this was her side hustle and it's incredibly successful and incredibly good on Instagram. So definitely check her out. So on, on that, on that, oh, you're gonna say something, Grace, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh no, I was gonna ask. So you, you mentioned like she took a break, reasonably so, but for people that have like started an Instagram account, they kind of wait, they're like, how do I get started again? Do you think that consistency really matters or do you think it doesn't matter that you took a break, just get it started now? So yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> consistency matters, right? Like in the long run, yes, consistency matters. You cannot have a strong Instagram strategy if you're not consistent. Now, consistent can mean once a month, twice a month. Yeah, it doesn't yes. have to be that you're consistently there every single day, but consistency is key over the long run. Now, that being said, if you've put your account on pause, if you've kind of neglected it, that doesn't mean you can't pick it up and start it again. Absolutely, you can but you want to go into it with intention and strategy so that you're not just showing up and posting six times this week and twice next week and taking two weeks off and then once and then 10 times and you're all over the board. You do want to look at it strategically and say, how often can I post high quality, targeted, relevant content for my audience consistently? Is that once a week, three times a week? It should not be more than once a day. That's too much on Instagram, right. unless you're talking stories, stories you can do mm. every single day. Um, but you want to kind of go through it and figure out what that looks like in terms of how much content can you create? And it has to be high quality. It has to be something that captures people attention in the feed, whatever feed that is stories, reels, the, the grid, it has to be high quality because on Instagram, if someone ignores your content, that's negative ranking algorithmically, meaning the next mm. time you log in, you're going to see that person's content lower in your feed. If you interact positively with it in any way, shape or form, it keeps it higher in your feed. So if you're creating as, as a brand, if you're creating content that is mediocre and is just for the sake of saying, check the box I posted to Instagram, if your audience is ignoring it and not engaging in a positive way, you're actually hurting yourself in terms of reducing your reach and reducing your performance on your content. So don't feel like you have to push out five posts a week because some expert told you to do so. If you can only create one piece of content a week, create one piece of content a week. You're fine. <laughs> just do it consistently. That's so when great. you say negative interaction, does that mean that they scroll and they just don't interact at all? They don't comment. They don't like, they don't do anything. That's, that's yes. what you want to avoid. Right? So, yeah. So anything, any interaction on Instagram is positive. Facebook weights content, right? So on Facebook, a, a comment is worth more than a like and a share is worth more than a comment and a, a video play of three seconds is worth less, right. worth less than of 30 seconds and all these things. On Instagram, there is some waiting, but it's minimal in comparison. So it really is like if, if I'm scrolling through the feed and I just scroll back to go back and look at your photo, that's positive. If I swipe through a carousel, that's positive. If I click dot, dot, dot more to read your caption, that's positive. If I go to your profile after looking at one of your pieces of content, story, feed, anything, that's positive. And we don't get metrics on any of this, right? Like we have no way to say, we know that this person went through a carousel or not, but all of those are tracked 
positively from an algorithm perspective on the platform, meaning if anyone does anything like that, it's good for your, your content and your brand. If they, in other words, scroll and are not interacting with it in any way, Instagram goes, okay, your content didn't stand out. It didn't appeal to them. It wasn't valuable. Next time that, that person logs in and you have new content, yours is going to be a little bit lower. And if they ignore it again, it keeps going lower and lower and lower. So if it happens one time, it's fine. But over time, if people are consistently ignoring it, you continue to rank lower and lower. Mm. Gotcha. So we're going off the rails because I'm going to, I got to ask all these questions now. Um, <laughs> but first of all, I said, Ruth says, uh, I need to get back to my Instagram account. Account. I feel your pain, Ruth. I am the same way. So when she said that I only have to post once a week, that made me feel a bit better. But, um, the, the question I have is, okay, you're talking about signals. You know, it's different from Facebook. Any sort of interaction is good on Instagram. Is there any things that, because my marketing brain goes, like I could do a video and I say, point here, like, you know, do, do these, what calls to action help uh, or aren't spammy? Like, you know, yeah. I've seen those, there were some tools and it was back in the day where when it was a carousel point post, it actually would have an arrow that would flash and try to get you to move. Are there some good or maybe some newer calls to action that you found that work really well for kind of triggering that algorithm to that your content is being liked? So yes and no, um, you know, in general, most people on Instagram are used to carousels now. So there's less of the need to be like, you know, swipe in capital right. letters, the first thing in the caption, there's less need to have the arrow. And I used to be the first person to be like, put an arrow on there so people know to swipe. But people are used to it now, so it's not as necessary. Uh, if you've shared either an IGTV video or, or anything like that to the feed, it has the keep watching button already there for you. So you don't really need to do anything for that. For stories though, you know, things like, you know, teasers, um, do like a dot, 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 and like the arrow. So people know, oh, there's more to this. Like, or, you know, if you're doing a series of videos, if you're, at the 15 second mark, like make sure that it's, it's not getting cut off on words and that it kind of flows into the next ones. So people know to kind of keep watching. Uh, you know, if you want to mix in something where you're taking like a, a photo to a video in a story sequence, again, think about what you can do, whether it's, you know, watch on next slide, something like that to keep people going. Cause on stories, people will tend to be like, Oh, if I don't like it, they're going to swipe through to the next person's mm -hmm. story. Right. So, find ways to, you know, include some of those things there <clears throat> on the feed overall. I mean, the best call to action is still always going to be click the link in the bio. Um, that's always going to be the most common one that's going to send people over there, but I'm super excited about chatbots being available on Instagram now. And that's opening up a lot more functionality where on your feed post, you could literally say, leave a comment on this post, you know, and let's say you're doing a giveaway or let's mm -hmm. say you're, you know, offering, you know, here's my YouTube video on how to do this, you know, leave a comment and say YouTube. And when they do, that'll trigger mm. the Instagram chat messaging, right? So it opens up the DM, it sends them now the link to that YouTube video. So those are like, that's transforming how we've always used Instagram. Uh, with the chatbots, you can have a direct message entry point, a story mention entry point, or a feed post comment entry point which allows, like I said, you to be able to say, instead of saying, click the link in the bio to send somebody a link, say, do you want the link? Like, let's say you don't have swipe ups in your stories. Right. Do you want the link? Reply link on to this message and I'll send you the link. And they just type link as the reply, boom, launches the bot, 
you send them the link. So there's lots of workarounds now to not having that swipe up feature or not being able to have, you know, there's only the one link in bio. Right. And so there's lots of things that are, are coming out right now on Instagram that are really opening up the options for businesses and brands to be able to provide that next level of, of content that we don't normally see on the platform. So, so are you guys on the podcast? That was my mind blowing. Uh, so, so do you have a, like a time frame of when these chatbot things are rolling out? Do you? Because I know so everybody's going to be talking. They're about. all over the place, right? Um, right now, all accounts from a thousand to a hundred thousand have access as of today that we're recording this. Wow. Uh, I believe in August they're expanding it to all accounts. Um, now that means business accounts, not creators, not personal, only on business accounts. So if you're a creator profile, you don't have this functionality and that's because it's API focused and the API is only available on the business profiles. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's so much coming out with this. Um, personally, I've partnered with chat fuel. Uh, I think that they are an amazing tool. There's other tools out there like many chat. It's another mm -hmm. one that most people know really well. You will need to rely on one of these third party tools to set up these messaging systems. Uh, so you definitely have to look into that, but it is super easy, you know, if, and if it's something that looks complicated, there's people you can hire that can right. build chatbots yeah. for you, but it's actually really easy. They're drag and drop and you're like, okay, here's the entry point. Here's what I wanted to do. Um, now the, there is one downside, which is that you can only have one and it's because Instagram is limiting for good reason. Right what is available to do on the platform. So you can only have one bot per entry point at a time. Meaning if I wanted to have the, the DM reply being like, send the link to the YouTube video, I can't have that one and five other ones at the same time. Gotcha. So whatever you want that, that call to action to be, you have to change your bot to that one thing. And then if tomorrow you run a different link, well, now you have to change the bot link to do what you want that one to do. So there are some limitations to it. You can't just have 3000 bots going in. Anyone can put any word <laughs> right. in there and generate right. all these different things, right. but it is opening up so much functionality to be able to on those important needs, you know, basis to be able to send those links or do that, you know, referral traffic, get people signing up for your webinar, your, you know, signing up for your newsletter, any of those sorts of things that you want to do as a small business to, to build your leads, grow your brand, that sort of thing. Wow. 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 Okay. So, so <laughs> luckily I have over a thousand, so I'm going to have to go and, and try this. So yeah. by the way, you've got some uh, fans in the audience. So Sabrina says, Oh, hi Jen, your website rocks. So she jumped over there from here. Stay on here, Sabrina. We, what are you doing? And I, and I love Sabrina because my daughter's name is Sabrina, That's right? right? So we, <laughs> there you go. So, and she goes, yeah, preach so it, Jen. <laughs> you don't need 10,000 followers. But then um, she goes, keep Jen here for two hours instead of one. Oh. That would break her contract. But no, I'm just, so anyway, um, I love you. Sabrina. Yeah. Thank so you. She, we got a new fan. So uh, very good questions here. Um, and, um, you know, we got some breaking news that I know we we've already almost gone a half an hour and we're we're just cracking open <laughs> this thing. So talk about this breaking stuff that just happened this week. Uh, Grace. Oh, yeah. So Wednesday, Mark Zuckerberg offered this update on his profile and that included new information on Facebook in general. But in the news about Instagram specific was about Reels. And he has this to say about it. He says that video now accounts for almost half the time spent on Facebook and Reels is already the largest contributor to engagement growth in Instagram. 
largest contributor to engagement growth. He also says that across all forms of video, short form videos like Reels is growing especially quickly, not surprising, and that they as a company are very focused on making it easier for anyone to create videos and then for those videos to be viewed across all the different services, starting with, of course, Facebook and Instagram as well. And we want to get your reaction on this on this update. What did you think about it when when you heard about it as well? I was like, I, I mean, duh. I mean, have you logged on to Instagram? They have pushed reels like it's the only thing on the platform. Of course, right. it's the largest contributor to engagement growth. It's the only thing you can see. Um, that's not true, but it, that's what it feels like. And yeah. and honestly, I've I've had so many people reaching out to me in the last number of months, and they're like, my engagement is down, my reach right. is down, my content is like underperforming. And I'm like, yeah, because they're messing with reels, like, yeah. it, like it's back like the best thing I can relate it to is remember when Facebook launched all the effort on groups and they were like groups is where it is and everyone should have a group and so it was like groups were everything in the feed on Facebook right like that was all you saw and every they were pushing it and it's like when Instagram tells you to do something you do it if Facebook tells you to do something you do it because that's what they're going to put at the top of the feed and that's what they're doing with reels it is it is their direct competitor to TikTok. They are literally knocking off all the TikTok features and putting it on Instagram. So of course that's their largest engagement growth. Even if it's not, they're not gonna say that. He's right. gonna you know, falsify whatever data they need <laughs> to prove that it's working. But even then, I'm sure it is true because that's what they're pushing. And it, and it is good. I mean, Reels are for most users an exponential growth compared to other platforms or other features within the platform. You're seeing, you know, reduced story performance, but you're getting 20,000 views on a, on a reel. And you're like, I only have 3,000 followers. How did I get 20,000 views? You know, it, so it absolutely is, I was not surprised at all that that he said it. Um, I think that, again, they're, they're trying to make this such a competitor to TikTok. They're trying to make it sound even better than it is because they want people to come over and use it. And, oh my gosh, if it's that good, then I, I better be creating reels. I need to create reels and pull people in. And I mean, this is the the cynic in me <laughs> right, <laughs> that's over right. here like, great, thanks for forcing me into reels again. But it, it is good. And I've been telling clients, I've been telling people on in interviews for months, I'm like, if you can create reels, do it. Even if it's one a month, if it's two a month, if you're creating three or four posts a week, if even if you have two a month that are a reel, it's going to help all of your content perform better. They are rewarding accounts that create reels. If you're terrified of reels and you, the last thing you want to do is learn a, a new feature and you don't want to figure out how to use the thing, go into your Instagram stories, build out a story, save it to your device without posting it to your story. Now you have a nine by 16 vertical video, go to reels, hit import, <laughs> bring in that video, add one or two little reels features to it and hit publish. Boom, you got yourself a reel. And it's a way to kind of get started and play with the, the technology to play with that type of content and see how it works for you. Think about what other people are doing. It doesn't all have to be the, the point and have the text pop up. Everyone does that. It doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be music. It's the fact that people are creating the short form content that is a value add or entertainment based piece of content for their audience. And that's what people want. They want to be either entertained or educated. So yeah. give it to them. 
Cool. So we've got um, a bunch of questions after that. So and, and this is, I think, a lot of people, uh, Gary brings this up as a, a lot of pain for a lot of people. It's like it's been real challenging. And you mentioned that a lot of people are struggling with their reach, you know, building followers uh, as a brand account. Any suggestions? Uh, we do business with a lot of small businesses. And then, you know, Danny echoes the same thing. Is there any local business tips to use Reels? So I guess, you know, that's a whole show in itself. But... <laughs> Is there, is there like a quick win? Cause I know, you know, one creating video for businesses are scary and yeah. two, you know, what in the world am I supposed to do? Is am I supposed to show my front office lady going, welcome to our store? You know, <laughs> what, what's, what would tell you something like a quick win? I've, and I've got an idea, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah. And again, I think you have to figure out, is your content going to be entertainment or education? Those are kind of the two categories, right? So you can do education-based and it could be something along the lines of answering frequently asked questions. You know what the frequently asked questions are in your business. Um, so you can absolutely do something like that. You could do tips and tutorials. If you can do something that you can condense into a, and Reels just expanded to 60 seconds uh, this week. So if you can do something in a 30 or 60 second bit of, you know, a tip, a tutorial, life hacks, everyone's all about the life hacks. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can do any of those. Entertainment could be something that is industry related, even though it's not necessarily your business um, or those sorts of things. So think about the two kind of categories and then figure out what that looks like for you. And I'm going to be the first person. To, I always tell people I'm not a video creator, right? Like I'm not the person who creates video and produces video. I my brain doesn't think that way. But some things to think about are obviously like you said, I mean, behind the scenes, it, it could be your front desk person, um, but show people what it's like, like especially if you are a local business and you're attracting local people, right. what does it look like to walk in your front door? What does it look like to walk into your business? I don't have to rely on Google Maps. I don't have to figure out where to park. I don't have to figure out you know what part of town you're in. Give people that clarity. Bring that in-house with you know, simple videos, um, meet the teams. Those are great. You know, again, build that trust factor, allow people to learn who the people are that when they walk in the door, they know who they're going to see. If you do, like I always tell people, um, that are in the service-based businesses, whether, you know, you do landscaping or you're a plumber or those sorts of things, knowing whose people's faces are before they walk in your door, huge trust factor, right? So those are times where meet the team is incredibly valuable. Um, if you've got products, do little videos, unboxing videos, uh, product videos, how to use. If there's a common fix for something that happens with your product or a misunderstanding of how to use your product, create videos around that. When you get new stock in, do teaser videos of, of the new stock wow. arriving and, and that sort of thing. There's so much that you can do, you know, to just kind of get people excited without giving away anything really, but just being like, you know, yeah, here's a stock coming in or here's stock going on shelves, or we've got the sale coming up, those sorts of things. There's it, honestly, the, the ideas are limitless, but I want to hear Jeff's ideas. Well, I, for, <laughs> so I think that the thing is, is I get scared with video, but there's a lot of stuff that doesn't have to be perfect. One of my right. uh, early, early clients when I first got started was a rug cleaner, local rug cleaner. Hmm. And all he did was take his phone back there and show how he got stains out of a rug. And that yeah. went bonkers. 
Everybody yeah. loved to see that behind the scenes. Another one is a chocolate factory. Uh, one of the largest uh, handmade chocolate factories in the United States is here locally. And we just showed it, them coming off the line and the ladies decorating it because they're super fast. They're doing all this crazy stuff. And that went bonkers too. And Gary even brought up the point that he says Reels is a great opportunity. I had one of them viewed by over 800 accounts, which is staggering compared to his regular wow. posts. So Gary, that yeah. you always do this, Gary, every time you lead in right to a great, our next segment <laughs> is that Instagram <laughs> test these partner reels. And, you know, last week um, we have found out that um, Instagram launched a new test that enables users to post collaborative updates in the main feed post and reels clips. So in the example that was provided by social media today of this new collab option, Post would appear with two profile bubbles indicating two people have partnered on the content. So it's now being tested with select users in the UK and India. There's no official thing about an expansion yet, but because this reminds me so much of what TikTok is doing, um, I have a feeling it's going to roll out. Jen, what are your thoughts on this? I think this would be a great way for these collab things that if businesses are smart, they could yeah. really use. Oh, 100%. I mean, the whole like branded content thing was kind of in that direction, right. but it never really worked that way. It was more for like ads and it didn't allow shared content, right? It was just that I would say I'm collaborating with Jeff C and you would get tagged in it, but it, my content didn't show in your feed or anything additional. So this collab feature is basically saying if, if Jeff and I are collaborating on our content, even if I post it, once Jeff accepts it, it shows up in Jeff's feed as well. So it's literally doubling your exposure to a new audience. This would be so good for so many brands to partner with aligned companies. And so you don't want to align with a competitor, right? We don't want to like be stealing people's business, but imagine you are in the fashion industry. Maybe you have a boutique partner with somebody who does jewelry, partner with somebody who does accessories, you know, something that's in alignment with what you do. And you can kind of capitalize on both of your audiences because now you create a post that goes to both your accounts. They create a post that goes to both of your accounts. You have to create half as much content mm -hmm. because one person creates it and it goes to both, but it's exposure. It's going to get you literally in front of those other audiences without trying. It's not like the like the influencer partnership where you right. have to create the video and send it to them and then they have to upload it and they have to mention you. And it's, it's, you know, there's a lot more work. This does it automatically just by agreeing to the collaboration on the back end. So I'm excited to see how this tests out. I'm excited to see this roll out. I'm sure you know, to, to your point, Jeff, duh, it's coming. Like <laughs> they, they rarely test something that doesn't go out. Like at this point, you know, it's just a matter more of when, and there might be some tweaks to how it operates, but it's really just a more a matter of when. And my guess is again, because they're trying to compete with TikTok sooner than later. I mean, I can't put a time frame on it, but I would assume that within the next couple of months, we'll see this much more widely rolled out. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, and once again, Gary, Every time he goes, oh, awesome. I have been waiting for the 60 thing, 60 second thing on reels. So yes, that is the next thing we want to talk about. This is a big deal, I think, because, yeah. um, uh, and I, and this is me. I bet they go to three minutes. I just bet because that's what TikTok did. So I don't know. What do you, what are your Which thoughts? Which I think so, is a bad idea. Well, I, I do too, but I could just see it. I could see it happening. Of so, course. And um, what it is, is, um, 
it rolled out globally, at least to the U.S. We don't know yeah. um, exactly what's going on. Um, uh, I don't know if it's gone to everybody, but it's also added this uh, caption sticker yeah. on Reels, which transcribes audio to text. So they previously released a sticker for Reels when they added it to the stories, making the platform more accessible for the deaf and hard of hearing, which is very, very cool. And people who wanted to use it without sound, like a lot of people do in church. Uh, but right now... <laughs> Uh, the caption sticker is only available for a handful of English-speaking countries, but Instagram says they're planning to uh, release that to additional countries and languages soon. So TikTok has yeah. a feature like this, um, similar to YouTube Shorts, because Shorts right now is still at 60 seconds as well. So uh, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm Can I just say the caption sticker on Instagram, hands yeah. down, the best transcription I've ever seen in my life, whether it's on the stories or the reels. I have tried everything I can to mess up that caption sticker. I have mumbled, I have whispered, I've had music playing in the background, I've had multiple audio sources surrounding me, and it gets it right 100% of the time. I have not been able to trip up that system. And I'm like, okay, this is legit. <laughs> like, And Facebook you can go in and- think. <laughs> right. Always listening. Um, you can change the font and you can do things with it to make it a little bit more like it, it defaults to the the kind of like big and little combination mm -hmm. text. And it kind of goes back and forth depending on the size of the words. But you can change the font options on them. It is a really, really good tool for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously, they implemented it for you know, accessibility, um, ADA compliance and things like that. But of course, yeah, just being able to have not have to turn on the audio is a great function to be able to have that that captioning on there. So the fact that this is rolling out, I did get it. I do actually have it, which I'm always I, I laughingly joke that I'm the last person to get everything because <laughs> Instagram literally has a black giant black X on my profile photo on I'm sure like the wall of hate. Um, I don't know why, but they do. And I'm like the last person to get everything. So when I got it yesterday, I was like, oh my God, I got the feature. <laughs> so just in time for just Right? Time. I was like, yeah, I could yeah. actually test something out before I had to talk about it. <laughs> so, but well, it, it well, is exciting. And, and the 60 seconds is great. Like I think yeah. 60 seconds is, is necessary. I think that is, I mean, brevity is clearly not my strong suit. So having 60 seconds instead of 30, I think it's important. Going to three minutes, I think is detrimental. I think it's going to be detrimental to TikTok. Um, yeah. People don't have that attention span on that platform. You have conditioned them to 15, 30, maybe point. 60 seconds. And people are doing the part ones and the part twos. And that was the intention of doing the three minute video was to eliminate the parts. No. It's, I, I think it's detrimental to the platform. I think it's because I of songs, but that's, that's yeah, why. Maybe. Well, and I think some, some content, it, it, it is interesting to listen to, but I know that if it doesn't have a fast start, if it doesn't catch me right within the first seconds, I, I don't yep. care what it is. I don't care if my favorite, I'll move on. And I think the part ones, part twos are intriguing because then you see in real life who is actually interested in following the whole story, right? Like yep. who's going to go over there. But so my question about this update, I'm excited about the 60 seconds too. I have a hard time with brevity as well. I'm a tiny little <laughs> bird. So... I can never finish. And so, um, you know, the temptation here, and, and I don't think that in a bad way, but it just for the sake of efficiency, a lot of people will just cross post the same content. Even if you're uploading it natively, you're still doing the same content on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube shorts and everything. Do you think it's wise to create 
a strategy that's specifically for reels? Or do you think it's pretty harmless to just share that content knowing that not everyone is everywhere? I think if you're starting out, it's okay to repurpose. I think if you're new to using reels, but you've been using TikTok, just make sure that you're either creating the the raw native file without the TikTok logo or that you use a TikTok logo reducing tool because there's those out there too that will strip the logo and stuff for you. Um, I, I think it's okay to repurpose if you're starting out because let's face it, especially in the small business world, we only have so many hours in the day. Like I literally don't have enough time to create my own Instagram content because I'm too busy doing all the other things that I have to do every single day. And I literally, this is my job is to create Instagram <laughs> content. So I mean, I get it. And it's hard to be like, okay, now I have to, you know, spend another three hours creating a 30 second video for one platform that isn't going to be seen anywhere else. And so absolutely, if you're starting out, find the ways that allow you to, to repurpose while you test. And I think that's the key thing is you have to figure out what works. And you may find that what works on TikTok is not working on YouTube or isn't working on Reels or vice versa. And you want to have a better understanding, but it's it's easier to test it if you have the same thing, because then it's kind of an equal test. If you have the same piece of content on every platform, you can see where it performs better. Um, but over time, if you've started to really invest in Reels, if you're creating these consistently, I think it should be a unique piece of content. It should be something that people are only going to find there that's going to provide a value that they're not going to find on another platform. It's the incentive for them to come over here. It's the encouragement that they're getting something unique by being with you on that platform. And it allows you to be creative, do something different and, and provide that value that you're not going to get anywhere else, right? But that is exclusive for that audience and built for that platform, built for that audience, built for that user interface, all those sorts of things. So start out where you need to, to get comfortable, but ultimately you want to move to your own strategy. Perfect. So I have a question about that, about the sticker, the caption sticker yeah. that kind of with this, are you able, cause I haven't tested it yet. And you said it's amazing. It has, you haven't been able to screw it up. I will be able to make it screw up. I guarantee <laughs> it. So is there a way to edit your is, or is it yes. what you get? Okay. That's the only the yeah, question I had. So what you can do. Yeah. So you can tap on it and then you can literally go through and change any word. So if it, you know, if you had meant gotcha. to say hi and it wrote, you know, H I G H, but you want it to be H I, you can go in and change it, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but it, it is good. I mean, good. I literally That's like, good. I've, I've tried a lot and I, I'm like, Jeff, please test this. Like, please okay. try to mess this up because <laughs> I want to see, well, I want to see who can. <laughs> Well, I've seen the I've seen the transcripts from our show, and like I can't live my life as Chris Fluffy. So yeah, you know, you're Chris, <laughs> Chris Fluffy is I don't know Chris why how I pronounce her name, but it does it. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes, there's a lot of things that are very funny about it. We should do like the behind the scenes transcript. Yeah. Anyway, show our transcript. <laughs> something that is not behind the scenes is our sponsors of the show, the amazing Ecamm, and they have this really cool thing that's coming out. It's the Leap Into Live Streaming Bootcamp. It's a four day virtual course on all sorts of things that have to do with live video and production. If you want to improve your video quality, create a great engaging presentations, speak on a virtual stage, you can do that all here. Uh, make sure that you guys go to Leap Into Live to sign up. Look at all these great people. You got Pat Flynn, you got Leslie Samuel, um, all these great speakers. I'm even going to be speaking Lou. there. 
Stephanie Liu and the strange bearded man will be there as well. So make sure you go because you get exclusive access to a private Facebook group where you can ask questions, grab additional content, watch some live videos. So uh, seating is limited. It's virtual, but it, you know what? We say that anyway. It's limited. <laughs> so make sure you guys go sign up now. You can find out more at Leap uh, in, leapintolive.com. Leapintolive.com. And also... The amazing, what works well with Restream? I mean, with, uh, well, what was wrong? I can't even say it anymore. <laughs> what works good with Ecamm is what, Grace Duffy? Just Restream! Yay! There we go. So we've talked about a lot about having your strategy on different platforms. With Restream, you don't have to choose. You can go to all of them at once. So Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of it. Just go to all of it. It allows you to create that live video content on the fly wherever you go. Right before uh, the show, Jeff was telling me that he was having power electricity issues. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll just we'll just deal with it. But the beauty of Restream is you can actually go live anywhere because it's based right. in your browser from wherever you are, whatever you're doing wherever you need to seek shelter from like getting up to get electricity, you can go live on Restream to find out more about that. Go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream. What a, great, what a great marketing message. It even works in East Texas. So there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> out in the boonies. So get we were... <laughs> In East Texas. So anyway, so um, we were talking about making uh, making that caption mess up and and uh, Dustin Sal goes, try to mess it up. And he goes, hold my coffee because he's got he thinks it's a challenge now. <laughs> so he's going to try it. Uh, and Megan really likes your new nickname. We need to go register Chris Fluffy. Uh, t-shirts or something we need to do something with that so anyway we got a, only a couple minutes we to do do this, this next one and um let's talk really quick about this because we talked about insights finding out what's working on instagram for your small business and one thing that just rolled out is this new insights from instagram so um this is uh, their the insights are expanding to 60 days from the current 30 days and it will actually extend 90 days of data in the coming months. More data, that's always good. So yeah. gone are the days only having seven days of recent data. This is such a good news for marketers to be, to be able to really access Instagram performance. Um, and so I am just, give me more, give me all the data. Come on, open it up. No, so, give it all. And yeah. you know, I, I, so I was, with, I was on a client call and I was like, okay, so when you go in here and you go to your insights, oh, what is this? Like, I, the app had literally changed that day and I hadn't seen the oh new insights. So I don't know when this rolled out, uh, but now like even when you would go to your story archives, like so if you go and go into insights and Instagram, you can see up to two years of old posts when you look at feed posts. You could only see up to 14 days for stories. Now it's up to two years. Yeah. I don't know when that happened. I was like on this call with my client going, oh my God. I have two years of stories data. When did this happen? Like they were like, Jenna's losing her mind. Like what is going on? And I was so excited about this. So they're doing a lot to really expand that, which is so important. One of the biggest challenges most people have had when it comes to insights is the limited functionality within the in-app platform. And they're always looking for third-party tools that provide more data or have more, you know, longer term, you know, data history and things. So the fact that they're expanding this is great. I do have uh, the extended 
you know, overview right now. So it is showing the the 30 days rather than the seven days, which is great because it used to be you'd have to go in like every single week on a Tuesday and pull your data if you wanted to record it or, or do anything to track that that information. So now that we have it for 30 days, expanding to 90 days is wonderful. And I think everybody when I posted this in my Facebook group was like, some people were like, y'all didn't have this. We've had this forever. And we're like, what, what beta program are you in that you got early access? But they're all, I think a lot of them were um, in Australia actually. But most people were just like, oh my gosh, yay, finally, like we need this. The, you know, there's a lot of things that Instagram can do that, you know, we roll updates out and people go, why? This is not one of those updates. Right. This is the one that everyone was like, finally, like why did it take so long? But again, this is all reels motivated you guys this is all because of reels they're trying to give more insights more power to the platform and if they want people to use reels and they want people to you know use this as a business means they have to have the insights to show the validation and we still don't have a lot of data on reels but they're moving in that direction and this is kind of one of those steps to get us there so this is one of those times where I'll be like, okay, I'll be grateful for reels because it's, it's helping the rest of the platform. <laughs> and, and Megan had a great thing. She goes, uh, data is the new bacon. It's a quote from her friend Tara. <laughs> Good with everything. That would be a great SaaS company, data bacon. So I'm just right? saying you should go register that. It's, right know, now, anyway. Jen's right over here now, like bacon, <laughs> bacon. That's really good. So Grace, why don't you take this last one? Cause you talk faster and more clear than I do. Um, oh my gosh. So Instagram rolled out new automated language translations in stories. It is available for over 90 languages and is currently supported. Uh, 90 languages are currently supported throughout this functionality and translations are only available with text with no capacity for direct audio converse conversions, it says. So basically when you have a story and you, you know, do your story and you I would do it in English, right? It would then automatically translate. So I thought this was a really cool feature. It's much needed. Um, it's And I was just, um, it's helpful as a user directly, especially if you're trying to have the impact of your stories reach a global audience. So my my question about this is, this, is this functionality something you have to opt into or is it automatically prompted within the app? I know that on Facebook, you know, someone will send us a message in a different language and I'll just automatically translate it. I don't even think we have to do anything to make that happen. <laughs> so the way this works in stories is it's not automatic. Um, okay. What ends up happening is if I post a story in English, it's in English. Now I do need to test this out with the caption sticker because I wonder if that would work Ooh, yeah. as okay. text. So that might be a way to work around the fact that, right, it's not translating audio. Um, but if you have text on the, the story, if your native language is different than the language in which that post was made, at the very top underneath the username, you'll see C translation. You tap on that and it translates it for you. So you cool. do have to like push the button to make it translate. And so, but it does it automatically once you do that. There's no opt-in, no opt-out. It's just generic across everything. So I purposely went and found people's stories that I knew were in another language. <laughs> and I was able to do it. It works. It's there. Absolutely. So it's great. I think for those audiences that have or, or those businesses that have a global audience, this is so valuable. And yes. I know a lot of people I've had reach out to me over the years that are like, you know, we have, you know, French and English and Spanish and English. And they're like, you know, how do we create our content? And how do we do a strategy that talks to both audiences without alienating one? And 
Because again, we don't want people scrolling past content and ignoring it, right? If they're doing that, it's negative. But if it's in a language you don't speak, you're not going to stop and read it. So having that functionality is, is definitely helpful. Um, and to that point, there has for a long time, most people don't know it's there. There is a C translation option on feed posts as well. That if something's mm. in another language, it is there in the in the feed captions as well. So you can definitely uh, take a look at, at that to, to translate those. But again, you have to select it. It doesn't do it automatically for you. So this is a big move in that direction. I'm excited about it. I think it's very valuable for a lot of businesses that have that global reach and, and speak to different languages. Just make sure you do you know, keep in mind it is text only. So like I said, it's not going to do the audio, but I'd be interested to see if it does it with the caption sticker. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to ask any more of my questions because uh, I'm just going to say it's a good thing and it's awesome. So I want to give plenty of time for you to tell people where they can find you, what you got going on, your books, your courses, all that stuff. Where <laughs> can people find more about the great Jen Herman? Well, the best place to go is jenstrends.com, J-E-N-N-S-T-R-E-N-D-S.com. That has all the things, right? All my social profiles are from there. Course information is there. I do have courses specifically for Instagram. So I have Instagram for real estate. If you're in the real estate industry, I have a course just for you in the real estate industry. And then I also have Instagram for B2B. So if you're not that traditional, I have a product to sell, but you're more of the service-based industry, that one goes through all of the examples and case studies and tactics, lead generation, sales tactics, all those sorts of things that you can do as a B2B business for Instagram. So you can check all those out. And if you just want to stay up to date on all the things, come hang out in my Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search Jen's Trends in social media you'll find the group and request to join. I'll let you in. And it is a great, it's a fairly large community, but it's a great safe place to be able to come in, ask your questions. And whenever anything happens on Instagram, that's where we share it first. We usually talk about it in the group, get a bunch of feedback, and then I talk about it on all the other platforms. So if you want to stay up to date on all the things, the Facebook group is the place to be. Yeah, it's one of our secret sauces for going and finding Instagram news for this show. Yeah. So, just saying. Grace, where can we find out more about you and all your awesome things? You can find me over at the Restream channels. We have a great Restream community. Just look up Restream community on Facebook. It is a wonderful resource for those of you that are interested in integrating live video into your world. And we also have a YouTube account. We could just find Restream over on YouTube. We have a whole bunch of content on things to uh, help you go live. Everything from producing to creating content, cr you know, coming up with ideas. And then, of course, all of our product tutorials and guides. Awesome. And by the way, I forgot to mention this. I was so excited that Jen was here at the beginning of the hour. I get all flabbergasted. We start talking. I'm like, oh, I got to go live. So don't forget, we have a text thing to be reminded about our live show. You can text us at 903-287-9088. And no spam, just a reminder about the show. It gets, lets us get past those pesky algorithms. That's 903-287-9088. Uh, and don't forget, we're a podcast. We'd love for you guys to give us a rating and review over on Apple. And our next show is on on Friday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central Time, we've got a special guest, Loria Petrucci, and she's going to be with our special co-host next week, Katie Fox of Ecamm. So we'd love for you guys to set that in your calendars, get reminded about that. As always, you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. Thank you guys so much. Jen, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate all you guys in the audience. You're awesome. Thank you, everyone. Have a good we'll day. See you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Social Media News Live.